Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Listen, shepherds don't drive the sheep. Come on, come on, get out from it. Come on, let's go. Pastors don't drive the people. They don't beat the people. They love and lead the people. You can't be a dictator and be a model of Jesus. That's impossible. Now, pastors simply represent the chief shepherd, which is Jesus. We've all heard examples of bad leaders, bullies, manipulators, and the like. Some of us probably have had those type of men as pastors. Some have even left Christianity due to having been abused by these wolves. Certainly, the world uses men like this to keep the church at arm's length and to rationalize their lack of need for Jesus. Pastor Mark, in teaching from 1 Peter, reminds us that the model for leadership is Jesus himself. This also should spur us to pray for our pastors and elders that they would maintain Christ's likeness in their leading of God's people. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 5 with part 2 of his message, God's Leadership Plan, Shepherds and Sheep. If things get difficult and we have to rule over a decision and we ask God, what should we do in this area? When we grew too much, at one point we had four services on a weekend, two on Saturday night and two on Sunday. And I was dead Sunday afternoon, four services. And eventually we knew we had to build here. So we went to God, brought it to the people and said, just pray because God's going to do it. That's why we're in this sanctuary. Now, we have to love you. We have to guard you, and we have to warn you. These are all the things that a shepherd does. It's just a normal thing. And so that is the responsibility of a shepherd, of a pastor, of an elder. And of course, all with that comes all kind of other things that we have to do. Of course, we have to know you. Pastor Mark, can you name all 8,000 people that come this weekend? Uh, No, but I can see your face. I can love on you and I can shake your hand and just can't know everybody, but you have small groups where everybody knows you by your name. But what the main responsibility of shepherd is simply this. I'm to feed you the Bible so you know how to do life right. Well, Pastor Mark, where'd you get that idea? Feed, feed. We're talking spiritual feeding. Look at what Jesus said. It is written... Man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So my responsibility 
is something interesting. Now, I want you to follow the logic and you'll see it very clearly. If you're a farmer and you have cows and pigs, basically, and our farms today, many of those, especially pigs, you as a farmer are going to feed the pig. They're in a, some kind of a fence area. You're going to go and feed them. That's very different than sheep. Can you see a shepherd saying to the sheep, here, sheepy, 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 sheepy. I got something for you. Come right here. No, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd takes the sheep and he leads them to good pasture. And then does the shepherd go here, here? No, the sheep feed. Come on, feed themselves. Aha. Do you know what my role is? To feed you by taking you to good pasture. Explain the word. Make sure that you understand you can apply it. Here's how to do life right. Give it to you and then say to you, enjoy. You say, well, I kind of get that, Pastor Mark. Well, let me give you an illustration. I'm feeding you this morning. Whatever pastors at our campuses and they're teaching, they're feeding you. The word of God. Let's say physically, let's move away from the spiritual for a moment. Let's say you just had your last meal this morning. Or if you haven't had it, you'll have it at lunch for the next seven days. The next meal you'll get is when you show back up in church next Sunday. No food for seven days. How will you get out of your car and come in here? Zippity-doo-dah, zippity. No, we got the ambulance out there. I can't get in. I'm starving to death. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Okay, here we are. We're here. I'm feeding you a meal from God. A meal from God. The next meal you have from God is next Sunday. If you even come every week. Well, what happens during the rest of the week? You're starving spiritually. And I am going to fail at maturing you. Because you have not fed yourself. The word of God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, how do I feed myself, Pastor Mark? It's called your devotion time in the morning. You get me? My role is not as you come in. Have a spoonful. Thank you. Have a spoonful. Thank you. Have a spoonful. For some of the real little Christians, have a bottle. Have a bottle. Have a bottle. No. I'm here to teach you to feed yourselves. But most Christians don't get it. I'm going to come here and you will starve to death. You'll never be mature because the great shepherd wants to know you. And the only way that can happen is have a quiet time. Do a devotional. Be in the word. Go over the video again. It's free. Listen to it again because you'll always pick up something different. Do you know I have people that come? Many people come to two services. You know why? Because I'm usually different in every service. That's because I'm not brilliant. I just teach the word of God. Now, the principles aren't different, 
but I don't memorize my sermons. So I just let the spirit do things that are different. You say, well, you didn't say that for that church because you needed it. They didn't need it. Okay. Now, are you all right with me? Okay, here we go. By the way, thank you for being not just hearers, but doers of the word of God. Then he says, look at verse two, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. That's another word, kind of like for bishop, an overseer. Pastors oversee the flock. That means I guard, I warn. Why? By the way, what are you? Okay, good. Some of you a little slow. You know, sheep in the Bible. No, I won't even go there. Okay. Your sheep. Well, what's with the bear and the lion and the wolf? You know what that's a representation of? Satan and his demons. What is the goal of Satan? Steal, hello, kill, destroy. Now you take the shepherd out of the picture. And what's going to happen to the sheep? They're done. Think about it spiritually. You're here this morning and there's no one leading your life. You're leading your own life. And that's why you're miserable. Because you go down the wrong path. You'd have no purpose. You have no meaning. You can't figure out how to do this. You were never meant to do life without the shepherd. It cannot be done. Because you have somebody leading you who is destroying you and wants to spare you nothing because he wants you to spend hell with him forever. I'll give an altar call at the end. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, Psalm 23, one of our favorite Psalms says this, the Lord is my shepherd. If he's not, today you can change that. Now, when you see all of that spiritual warfare, With the shepherd being there, the sheep are at peace. They don't care. You see, it's okay. Because we have to understand that the shepherd has you in mind to guard, to warn you. Now, listen. One time, Paul was leaving the elders of the churches that he established. He wouldn't see them anymore. Listen to this. Keep watch over yourselves, talking to the shepherds and all the flock, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I will leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw disciples away after them. So be on your guard. So one of the great roles for the shepherd is to watch out for two things. People that rise up within the church that want to divide the church, that do all kinds of things, bring false teaching into small groups. Say that you're a Christian, you start dating somebody and the girl or the guy goes, wow, this is a funny Christian to date in the church. And the first date you attack your future spouse, you hope. And you want to have sex with me, you force them. And then we hear about that. You know what we do as a church? If that's repeated, the elders will remove you from the church. 
man or woman, doesn't matter. Well, why? Because we're protecting the sheep. Now, you never see any of that. Now, sometimes we have to get the police involved with all kinds of things that are happening. But you don't have to worry about that. Remember, we tell all those guys, man, I'm kidding. No, I'm not carrying. That's a mic. That's not mic. <laughs> don't worry. I wouldn't do it in a million years. Okay. You don't have to be afraid. Because I'm human. I'm small. But the great shepherd is great. You can relax. You can relax. You know, one of the things that we can be fearful of is when you go to sleep at night. Sometimes a mom will bring a little girl or a little boy and they say, my, my kid's having dreams and they're just screaming at night. You know what I have them do? Read Psalm 23 to the child before you put him to bed. And then when you walk out of the room, say, honey, the shepherd is in your room. Good night. He's watching over them. Amen. Amen. There's nothing you need to fear this morning. If you're a Christian, the shepherd walks with you. He's leading you. He will not let the animals, Satan and his demons, destroy you. Don't be fearful this morning. Now, if you're without Christ, here we go again. You're on your own. And you are no match for Satan. No match. So we have to watch within. We have to watch without. There are times in ministry, very few times. But I will say to you, uh, you hear about this revival? Don't go. Because it's all false. Well, everybody's, I had CNN call me once. We had a revival somebody did over in Lakeland a few years ago. And all kinds of things were happening. CNN actually called me and said, we're coming to get a pastor's perspective. Because I had taught, first time ever, two sermons about why not to go there. Now, we want to be known for what we're for, not against. Can I hear an amen? amen? But when that happened, I said to people in our congregation, do not go to that meeting it is not of God. But people were getting supposedly healed. All people were getting saved. And then when CNN was coming, they canceled because it fell apart. They discovered that the man who said he was the evangelist and the great thing, people from all over the United States were coming. He was sleeping with women every night. He was drunk half the time. And he had divorced his wife and left her without anybody knowing. And it all collapsed. Now we had people get mad at me and leave the church because I told him not to go. That's none of your business. My friend, that is my business. They never returned to the church. I don't know what happened to them, but it hurts me like crazy. Understand, you can feel safe here. As long as you'll see in a moment, I'm in the word of God. If I'm teaching the word of God, you don't have to worry. You're fine. It doesn't matter. And by the way, our pastors teach the word of God. Okay. And when we get to a passage that we can argue about, big deal. It's not a big deal. We'll get it when we get to heaven. But the main things, we always keep the main things. Now look at verse two. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money but eager to serve. So Peter gives us three yeses for pastors, elders, three noes. Number one, no. You shouldn't be serving, being a pastor, because you think you have to. Well, I'm forced into this. I got to do this. Pastor Mark, 
I'm a pastor here because I can't find any other job. By the way, they would never be on staff, just in case you're wondering. That motivation is what? It's wrong. Notice what it says. Not, not, what? Look at it. Not because you have to. You must. Of course not. Could you think, if I was here, or any other pastor, if you walk into a church, do you think you could tell that the pastor doesn't really like what he's doing? Do you think you could tell? Yes, you could. And you would never hear the pastor say, I hate this job. This is pitiful. I hate this job. You would never hear, but you could tell, and you could tell right from your seat that this guy shouldn't be in the pulpit. He shouldn't be teaching because he feels forced. He doesn't really want to be there. What's the opposite of that? Here it is. Yes, number one. I love doing what God called me to do. See, our pastors love doing what God called us to do. It's a calling. Correct motivation comes from the heart. I love the sheep. I love the people. I'm excited to be your pastor, as all of our elders and pastors are. I'm actually humbled to serve you. Number two, no, not greedily, not as a means of financial gain. Huge danger if a pastor is focused on money. If that pastor is focused on money or motivated by greed, there's going to be a problem in the church. In fact, Paul warned Timothy to flee from the love of money and pursue godliness. So what is the opposite of that? By the way, that's one reason I don't know who gives or how much anybody gives. You know why? Because if I knew the people that give, and maybe they've got big bucks or whatever, of course, half the time the people who got big bucks don't give, and the people who don't have a lot of money give. Now, why would that be a danger for me to know if I went down? Because I begin looking in your face, and what do I see? Dollar signs. You said, Pastor Mark, that couldn't be you. I'm just like you. You have a neighbor, they move next door. Anything you need, I've got click, 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 click. So I don't know, so that I won't give in to money. Let me just share with you. When we started this church, back in 92, uh, for three years I worked as a pharmacist. Eventually, during about a year and a half, I went part-time because I couldn't manage it. By the end of that time, for those three years, I never took one dime. I wasn't on salary, nothing. And I, I just worked because I loved doing the church. Pretty soon now, we were 500 people. I was teaching twice on Sunday and midweek and trying to do pharmacy. And I was dying. So I just gave up. And I took my first salary three years into the business. I had so many men come to me and say, Pastor Mark, I'm so glad there's a guy that's in the pulpit that knows what it means to work Monday through Friday and then come and serve on a weekend. They loved it. And then when I went on staff, I got my first salary. And it was way more than I ever made in hospital pharmacy as a director. I mean, it was, you're laughing. Thank you. Thank you. It was way less. But it doesn't matter. See, if a pastor's here because of money, he's in the wrong place. Sit down. Go out to the workforce. Pretty much any of our pastors 
when they come on staff, 30, 40, the younger guy's different because they'd never made much anyway. Uh, <laughs> as they come on at that age, every person I know took a way big cut. Is it right to pay our pastors? Of course, it's biblical. I'm not going there this morning. We can show you that very easily. We absolutely do that. And we do that with the right way. We're not in it for the money. You just need to know that. Praise God. God provides for us. He's always provided for us. Now, look at 1 Peter 5, 3. Here's the third no and the third yes. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Do you know there's a big difference between dictatorship and leadership? I won't even go there politically. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the United States. What would you see North Korea's leadership? Of course not. For how many generations? Third generation. It's dictatorship. That is not in the pulpit. That is not domineering. Dictators talking down to the people. Listen, shepherds don't drive the sheep. Come on, come on, get out from it. Come on, let's go. Pastors don't drive the people. They don't beat the people. They love and lead the people. You can't be a dictator and be a model of Jesus. That's impossible. Now, pastors simply represent the chief shepherd, which is Jesus. So here's the yes. Instead of trying to drive the sheep, treat the people like could care less, Peter says, be an example to the flock. Model the lifestyle of Jesus. This warning of lording and over the people goes back to when Jesus served and in the upper room washed the disciples' feet. Remember one time Jesus said to the disciples, now the leaders will lead and dominate you, but you're not like that. Jesus said it like this. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve you. And that is our role model in humility. Now, look at what Timothy says. First Timothy 4.12. Be an example to all believers in what you say. In the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So here's what you need to understand. This is our charge from God for myself, all the elders and pastors. Pastors must serve willingly, eagerly, and as good examples to the flock. When you see all of that, that begins to tell us something important. That's in writing. I have to be willing, eager, good example to the flock. Let's reverse this, and I'll show you something. Let's move to your response to pastors, teachers, in a church. Do you have any responsibility? Today, Pastor Mark reiterated God's requirements for those who would be leaders in his church, pastors, deacons, and the like. We learned that there are character flaws and temperament types that should keep people out of leadership roles. We were also told that as followers that it's our responsibility to imitate our church leaders when they imitate Christ. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude the teaching, God's Leadership Plan, Shepherds and Sheep. A rather unpopular word will be brought up, submission. We will find out the actual biblical usage of the word and how it's correctly applied in the church as well as in the home. We will be reminded of the humanity of our leaders and the importance of praying for them. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.